right, welcome back everyone to the Voice America Live Events channel. We're here at the American Film Market in Santa Monica, Santa Monica California, as many times I said that. <laughs> so uh, this is our afternoon segment. We're gonna be talking to some of the leaders in the motion picture industry, both uh, studio and independent. And we're here right now with uh, independent producer Deanna Cooper and John Fromstein, who's the owner of Fulton Market Films, and also J.J. Ingram. So we have a little bit of a roundtable here with us. Uh, welcome, John. Welcome, Deanna. Welcome, J.J. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, uh, John, you and I were, were talking out by the pool yesterday, and yes. Deanna also, about your the new feature that you have uh, in development right now. And uh, tell us about the story of uh, your film and what it's about, and just kind of uh, go sure. from there. It's... Um it is a dark, independent, dark comedy about the blues. Um, we're all from Chicago, and we have a real love for blues music and blues history uh, and all of that heritage. So um, we, the movie is called Death Take Two. It is a, um, a story of a vintage, rare, but cursed blues album that two um, record collectors in Chicago throw their pretty much throw their lives away trying to get their hands on it. Um, it's a dark comedy, as I mentioned, and um, really fun. It's a um, uh, very indie-style kind of film, kind of comedy. It's um, a mix of sort of ironical comedy and some physical comedy. Um, it stars uh, John Lovitz and uh, Steve Gutenberg, along with uh, Grant uh, Rosenmeyer and um, Chelsea Tavares. Um, and a local uh, actor by the name of Ron Connor, who's spectacular in it. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about it. It's a really fun project, and um, it's uh, we just wrapped production a couple weeks ago, and we're in post-production now, rushing to get it completed before the end of the year. Right. So you're here doing what at AFM for this movie? So we are here, you know, exploring those those next steps and and you know gathering information that that and uh, relationships, building relationships to help us find the right home. Um, AFM's so you know the way it's structured um, allows the indie filmmaker to really to walk around and to interview these sales agents and, and distributors to see how they're representing the films that they currently have and potentially how they would represent our film. Because in order to be truly successful, you know, we have to reach our audience and we have to make sure that whoever is representing us is has the ability um, and the wherewithal to to get you know to get the film to to the people that we want to be able to see it in those right, markets. Right. So is, is music, since it's about the blues, you mentioned, John, is music a big part of this movie and the, the, the style of music? It is. Talk about um, what we... The, um, there's kind of two, two pieces to the, to the project. One is the, obviously the film, and it's important that we um, kind of um, you know, nail the vision that the director, Scott Smith, has had for the, for the film. He's also the writer of the screenplay. Um, and, uh, but the other is the music side. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, obviously there's blues music in it. Uh, it would be weird if there wasn't. But um, there's um, a combination of um, existing uh, sort of, um, you know, old 
blues classic music, track, classic, classic blues tracks, music, right, yeah. Robert Johnson, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and uh, Marian Abernathy. Um, but there's also uh, some new music written by Chicago blues legends like um, uh, Daddy Gene, Daddy G. Barge, um, Gene Barge out of Chicago, and um, who arranges a lot of stuff for Buddy Guy. And um, we also have some uh, indie blues. Um, music uh, creators for the film who've written so, about three or four songs for us. Uh, most notably would be uh, J.R. Jones, who's out of New York, but um, he wrote the title track and a few other pieces of music for us, too. So he's an indie, uh, I would say, blues and, and rock kind of um, um, composer, but he's, uh, he's done some really amazing stuff for us. So we're going to get some new blues original soundtrack music exactly. on, the, on this album. That's yeah, exciting. it'll, it'll span the range great, from yeah. old Delta, old time Delta blues and Robert Johnson all the way through right. to, you know, a, a very modern, almost hip hop kind of approach wow. to some blues music. So it's really, and we're going to, and, and, and to that end, so that, that music, much of that music will be featured in the film, but also we're going to have a sign, uh, soundtrack for it that we're going to market uh, along with the film, probably uh, available on vinyl as well. Yeah, so um, <laughs> since the, yeah. yeah, so we're really, you know, really kind of making it a more of a multimedia experience for the, for the That's audience. Great. Yeah, great. should right. be fun. So let, let's talk about a little bit of the process that you're going through right now, because I wanted to showcase uh, your film uh, as sort of an example of why producers come here to AFM and, and what, what your expectations are. So you're here uh, to talk to distributors, talk to uh, the number of the different uh, film commissions and things like that are, you know, around. Just kind of give me a flavor of sort of what, what's your strategy here at AFM? Yeah, well, um, it, you know, it has evolved. You know, our first day we had specific, um, you know, distributors and, and sales agents that we wanted to, to Yeah, I'd already with. set up some meetings. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then the second day was more of, you know, like, let's take a step back. Let's walk around and let's look at all the opportunities that really exist here for the film and um, the slate of films that are being, you know, pushed by... Um, the the agents and the distributors that are here so how they're being marketed and really trying to gather that kind of information to make sure that you only get to make that decision once of you know where your film is going to land until your contract expires and then after five or ten years then you get the then you get the, <laughs> the film back and then you can make another decision but having to make that first decision you want to make it with as and do as much due diligence as po as possible right. so having multiple days here really allows us to make the best possible decision you know decisions along the way and no decisions are being made right now at this moment but the relationships are being built so that the conversations can continue and then the decision can be made further right. down so what exactly what stage is the film at right now in terms of its production uh, well, it's current. We just wrapped it. It's currently in post. It's going into post. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. JJ, do you want to add to that? Where we are? Uh, sure. Um, so right now we're looking to lock picture in a couple of weeks, um, a month at the latest, and then from there we'll go into color correction, find a composer, pick some music, and yeah, get a finished film out. 
Yeah. So what's your what's your pr production completion date for the for the movie? Well, we're hoping to have a locked cut by the end of the year, and so you know that we can be ready for festivals and distribution, and right. we can. Right. Yeah. So your your background, Deanna, is that you were a former studio mm -hmm. executive producer, kind of a thing going on. So how is this experience different for you from that period of your life to the way the process is now and what you're going through? Yeah, I mean, it is so fun now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, because, you know, the ability to work with um, the creative, directly with the, you know, the creative people behind the film. Right. So being able to work with, with, with John and with Scott and JJ, you know, they are very connected to the film and they're making decisions immediately that affect the creative content. In the studio system, there's hundreds of people involved. So your contributions are very minuscule <laughs> to the big picture of it. And I'm sure from the filmmaker's standpoint, there's just too many people you know, talking to you. Um, and that's why you have that sort of structure where you have creative executives and you have readers and you have, you know, directors of development and you have, you know, VPs and AVPs and SVPs and, you know, all kinds you of VPs. Know who's in charge of why, what title <laughs> they are. But everyone yeah. has a specific job yeah. and they're at the studio and they're really good at it because they do that job right. and they know what they're doing. But for the indie, you know, it's it's not so much, they don't have to generate $100 million at the box office. You know, their turning point, their break even is much lower. So, you know, it's a balance. But I love working in the indie world because as an independent producer, I'm allowed, you know, I'm able to go to and work on different genres. I, I get to work with great people. Um, and it's it's changing, you know. When I was, you know, at Fox or at New Line, you know, I'm, I'm in the office and I'm working with the same people. And the ability to be really super close to that film is, is really limited. So what what is... Um can I just say that? Oh, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, that's a possibility we're in for that. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear the, if you have people, we have people coming in and out of the room here, so here's, here's some background noise of the, the clamor that's going on out there because we have uh, our future guests coming in here that's upcoming. <laughs> So, um, JJ, I wanted to ask you a question. Yes. Since you're you're really managing the the production of this right now, um, is uh, what are, what are you noticing that affects your con your your job and your participation in this film from what you what you see here at AFM? Is there something that you're picking up that you didn't know before? Is that something that you're learning? Uh, not necessarily learning um, from. What we're learning here is affects the film, not necessarily the production of the film. Um, I think that's been handled already. So we're here to get feedback on the film and to see how it will play with the audience initially and take that feedback back with us and discuss it amongst the creative team to make the best decisions for the film so that we put out the best product. Right. Mm -hmm. What's been some of the reactions to the, the, the audience appeal of your film right now that you're getting from people? Oh, they love the blues aspect mm -hmm. of it. I mean, that you know, the music is really something that um, seems to play across the domestic and international market, don't you yeah, agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's what adds a whole different layer of creativity to the 
to the whole project. You know, the comedy is based in the blues, and I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedies, indie comedies right now. But this this uh, gives it a whole different kind of a look and feel yeah, to it. So got, people really like it. Yeah. Um, and I think too, it's it's. Um, it has that kind. It has a kind of um, gritty in, indie feel to it. It's not. It's not the kind of comedy that you can just say it's. You know, it's completely physical comedy, or you know, it's. It's not madcap in any way. It's very. It's. Um, you know, the the comedy is very real, and and the the photography is very real. So, um, and there's a whole style and mystique around the blues, which is another level right. to it too. So, all of that is. Um, it makes it for a really a really interesting film. I think it covers. Th- I, I think I'm neglected to say it covers three time periods too. It's wow, three we, time periods. Yeah, so we go back in time when the when the when the, the record was recorded in the 1930s, and then uh, it jumps to the late 80s when the two record collectors first discover it, and then it jumps to uh, nearly real nearly real time 2007 when they uh, pick up their uh, search for the record again. So it's really. It's really pretty fun that way too. So doing three time periods in the yeah. production design that must have been loads of fun. Yeah, it was pulled. It was, it was beautifully done though. The production design was was superb. Yeah. Um, especially for um, an indie film, it yeah. really doesn't look. It really does not look like an indie film. Yeah. It has a, the very high production value. Right. Um, well, you've got some great actors in there who are who know how to handle classic comedy mm-hmm. and all sorts of different the Lovitz and, and Gutenberg mm-hmm. there definitely. So, sounds like something that uh, wow. I mean, that's I, I can already feel the audience appeal of it. And music is is such an essential part of film, the soundtrack. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I thank you for coming today. I wish you luck with it. Well, I look forward you. to seeing the film on the screen thank someday. You. I feel that. We're going to be right back here on Voice America Live Events Channel with our next guest, continuing on from the American film market in Santa Monica, California. <laughs> 